1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
0: Believe.
2: This is Jeff the Doton with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team and KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero, and I have some special guests. We're joined by Rafi Cantor and Ben Stein, who have created the Bolted Podcast. It's a six-part docu-series podcast from Believe. that Chronicle's the Rise and Fall of the San Diego Chargers. It's very cool, and I encourage all our listeners here, though you might be Chiefs fans out there, keeps it in the AFC West, it's definitely worth a listen Uh, first question for you guys how how did this come up what what kind of led to this really cool docu-series uh, that you guys produced and also how long did it take you to do these extensive interviews you had
3: yeah uh, so uh, a few things were happening around the same time Uh, so I uh, live in Los Angeles I, I was born and raised in San Diego I moved up here to go to USC for undergrad and stuck around um, Ben's piece. Great So yes. I don't
1: mean to interrupt you, but you bolted. I did. <laughs> bolt. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did so bolt. I mean, maybe that's probably how you guys came up with the name, right? Like, yeah. You know, like, I, mean,
3: I, I mean, I mean, no kidding. Like, seriously, there was a lot. It, 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 it kind of the team paralleled what I went through a little <laughs> bit, and and it got me thinking about the show. Uh, so in in the end, towards the end of 2019, a few things happened. Uh, the first was I was unemployed, um, so and that tends to be the mother of, you know, boredom is the mother of invention or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the second was uh, I went to my first L.A. Chargers game. They had been in town for a few years. That, uh, this was their third season. I didn't have the stomach to go until, uh, until that point. Uh, I went to a, speaking of AFC West, I went to a Chargers-Broncos game, and I think it was like a week four game at the StubHub Center and it was remarkable like I think was the only way to describe the experience um you know I was not sure if I was like ready to come back to being a Chargers fan at that point not but I just wanted to go and see what everyone was talking about and I mean, it was a sea of Denver orange when we went. It was, you know, in L.A., and it was probably 75%, 80% Broncos fans, uh, somewhere in that range. And it was – I think it was surprising. And, like, listen, I don't know if any of you uh, went to a game when they were in San Diego. There were certainly the Chiefs-Chargers games in San Diego. I went to a
1: few. I was at a few, Jeff. Yeah. Back in the day. No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about <laughs> yeah, that later. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, but but lots of Chiefs fans. Lots of Chiefs fans. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, and so I think that that wasn't necessarily anything new. I think the scope was surprising. Uh, and the third thing that happened. I was reading this book by this author, Sam Anderson, called Boomtown, and it was about uh, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And also the history of Oklahoma City. And it did this incredible weave of these two storylines that seemingly unconnected turns out to be very connected. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. And then the last thing was, I needed someone who was crazy enough to do this with me. And at that <laughs> point, I texted Ben and I said, hey, I'm going to be down in San Diego next week. Uh, you know, do you want to uh, talk about something? Uh, and then it was about 15 months of interviews. Wow. Mm. Uh, Covid hit in the middle of that, which threw a wrench into it, because um, you know I was driving down to San Diego every week, and uh, we were doing some interviews up here. So uh, you know it, it, it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better person to do it with, and Ben. And uh, yeah, it was it was awesome.
1: Rafi, I was I was kind of joking about you know having been to some Chargers Chargers course of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> but but I do remember I do recall. Now we we played the Chargers in well. Technically, would have been 1993, but it was the 92 season, and we played the Chargers in the first round of the playoffs. We lost. Um, you know, we were – the Chiefs were still up and coming. The Chargers ha- were having some really good teams back then. And I got to say, during the regular season, even as good as the Chargers were, I have to say there was this feeling you got when we would go there, right? Like so Arrowhead, we go from Arrowhead, which was insanity, right? I mean, just 80,000 people jammed in barbecuing since six o'clock in the morning the whole nine yards and then you kind of go there and and it was like everything you would always heard about and I mean this with no disrespect or or being critical of of the fans but it was that typical California thing where the the stadium was like almost half empty a quarter empty in the first quarter and then you'd all of a sudden you'd look up in the second quarter and it was kind of full and then You know, if the game wasn't going all that well, by the middle of the fourth quarter, it was back to like, you know, two thirds full. It was very, it was very odd that that sort of California culture to come from, you know, the Midwest of the Chiefs where it was, you know, as Jeff knows, growing up, there's diehard, you know, just, you know, willing season tickets to grandchildren, you know, and and wills and testaments. So it was, it was, I did get that feeling. And now I don't know what they're going to do going to LA because to this day, okay, we're going on. 25, almost 30 years ago since I've been there playing, but I'm going to sing the song. And Jeff loves when I sing on our podcast.
2: I knew this was going to come. I didn't know when it was going to come in the podcast, but I knew this was going to be a part of this podcast. And
1: I'm going to part, I am hard. My, My daughters get so mad when I sing because I'm so bad. But I'm going to sing it for all of you. San Diego Superchargers. I mean, I, I'm 30 years later now, and I'm still singing that jingle. It's, it's stuck in my head, and I can't get it out. But no. But, but that was, you know, it's, it's funny, Rafe, that you should say that because we did get the feeling that it was very, and I'm air quoting, California, you know, when you went, when you went to play there. And it was very different than what we what, what were used to in Kansas City, for sure.
2: We have a word from our sponsor. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Whether you're a Chiefs fan or a Charges fan, or even a fan of another AFC West team, Bet Online has covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And we're here with the creators of Bolted, the six-part docu-series, the chronicles the rise and fall of the San Diego Chargers as they left for L.A. And we're here with both Rafe Cantor and Ben Stein. Uh, what, what did you guys think was maybe the most interesting part of the Chargers' departure? Maybe a part, you know, you guys were both fans, you're both in Southern California, so you knew some of it, but something that really maybe shocked you about it.
0: You know, for for me, one of the things that was, was really interesting to learn was um, how, how many different attempts there were, you know, as uh, growing up in the nineties and two thousands, and then, you know, in the 2010s, when there was uh, those last few chances that there, there, I noticed, and I knew about all the different things that were happening, but you kind of, uh, like the different proposals, but like what you, I didn't really know about it. You know, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't notice how similar they were or how different they were. You just kind of knew it as like a, The team wants to stay and the city won't accept it or the city wants them to stay and the team won't accept it and there wasn't like any you know real understanding of it and so through the research and and talking to everybody i think that was something that was really interesting to me was to learn how similar some of the proposals really were like we we talked to some people who told us that the chargers and the city at some different points made almost identical proposals and were rejected for different reasons and it's of course as a as a san diego fan you just want to be like well, why wouldn't you both just agree on something you know you make the mate but uh it it really it there was so much to it um and then what really and, and rafe i don't know if you have if you have more if you want to top in there no no no
3: ben ben finish oh.
0: so so what was what what i think was really shocking to me then was uh once once they had the we're going to la uh you know send your final you know offer it it wasn't there wasn't a like grandfather offer of of everything um it kind of continued as we're going to continue to make some of the same offers and some of the same proposals that we've already made and I guess after 25, you know, 20 plus years battle, uh, you're going to find a lot of similarities, but Mm. that, uh, you know, to use the word shocking again, that that was the thing that was really shocking to me.
3: Yeah. I I think that there's, there's, there's two things um, that I think I found the most interesting. Uh, The first was the uniqueness of the situation that happened in San Diego. Um, You know, speaking about uh, the chiefs, very similar beginnings for the teams you know Mm -hmm. uh afl teams both started in different cities Uh, Mm -hmm. obviously the the, the chiefs were the dallas texans to start a couple years later move the chargers are one year in la they moved down to san diego and then they're there forever both teams they've also both been owned by families who have owned the teams for a long time Mm -hmm. obviously the chiefs still have the original owners in the hunt family but the spanos family have owned the chargers for over 35 years at this point um and so it's kind of like okay, you see these kind of similar parallel sort of situations. But for instance, when it was time for Arrowhead to get a renovation, uh, you know, this was about a decade ago or whatever. You know, Kansas City kind of ponied up for it, and they pay, You know, they passed these bond measures and everything uh, to you know uh, refurbish the stadium. And I know they were talking about maybe getting a roof at one point that never happened. Uh, and you know, I think. With the one thing you didn't see in San Diego was that the city never butched, and, and even like the the prospect of losing the team was never able to get anything over the goal line. And then on the flip side, you have these owners who you know also uh, just didn't have the financial capital to move things along. They they bought the team, like I said, in 1984 uh, for something like forty million dollars was the amount that they had paid, uh, and obviously that that investment has you know. Obviously, skyrocketed, but their wealth is largely tied up in the team at this point. Um, and I don't know the state of the Hunts family finances, but I know, obviously, I know they come from oil money. And you know, the Spanos family never really had that equivalent. Mm-hmm. So it's the uniqueness that I think uh, I think sticks out uh, the most about I don't know. You know, it, it, it just how you really think as a fan, as someone who who spends so much time and emotion that, uh, you know, something's going to happen. And and, and the last thing I'll say is there's this kind of, I think, myth that we have with sports where, you know, it all happens on the field and then whatever happens on the field, it's just sports guys. And Then there's always next year and this, that, and the other. But one of the things we really found, and one of the things I love doing about this project was what happens in the game really affects things off the field. You know, Um, you know, when the Chargers uh, drafted Ryan Leaf, uh, and they had those, that awful stretch. And we talked to Ryan uh, you know, extensively for the show, our third episode is almost entirely uh, uh, talking to him. Uh, you know, that was around the time that the Chargers made a deal with the city of San Diego for fi- a big financial deal. And ultimately, it benefited the Chargers a lot um, because they made a deal that essentially said the city would guarantee a sellout. So if there were unsold seats before the game was over or before, you know, by, by kickoff at one o'clock on Sunday, um, the city would buy the rest of them. Well, that works fine if the team's good, but if the team, if Ryan Leaf is the quarterback and they're going one in 15, it turns out it's a really bad deal for the city and it really soured and poisoned the well. And I think you saw multiple examples like that over the course of the show where you find, oh, actually, the play on the field does matter. It's not just, oh, there's always next season.
1: Yeah, Ray, you bring up a great point, because I, when I think about the way that teams lock down in cities and, and sort of looking at different types of ownership structures, right, when you look at funny story, and you may or may not have heard the story before, but when Lamar moved the team from Dallas in 64 you know, um, now we're talking 1964 dollars. So put, let's put all put that in perspective. He lost a million dollars, right? That's what they kind of guesstimated that it had cost him and the family to move the team from, you know, from Dallas to Kansas City, you know, trying to get the fan base going, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and someone asked his father, you know, Mr. Hunt, what did you think of Lamar losing a million dollars um, moving the team from Dallas to Kansas city. He said, well, let me do the math. Um, if that happens to Lamar every year, he'll be broken about 221 years. Wow. Wow. So, you know, it just, it, it, it's a funny story, but it does make you think about the motivations, right? That when you have, a, when you have, a you know, somebody who's, who's sort of the, it's, it's not the, it's not Lamar Hunt's job, right? It was never the Hunt family's job to, you know, to to make money on the Chiefs. And I think, I just think you approach things totally differently. You know, when it's not your main source of income or, or, you know, wealth building, right? Is this sort of, and it's never been a hobby to the Hunt family, trust me, but I'm going to use that word loosely. When it's more of a hobby and a passion, it definitely takes on a different meaning. And maybe that had some motivations going into what has happened with the way the Chargers, you know, have uh, always been thinking about moving from San Diego.
3: Yeah, and, and if I can just touch on that, um, you know, the Hunt family famously invested in uh, soccer in America, and I mm-hmm. love soccer, and I and I hope it grows in this country. But famously, it's not popular here, and right. so it's it's one of those things where you know they're they're willing to do the thing that they like doing because they have the resources to do that. And one of the things that we talk yeah. extensively about in the show, our our second episode is all about the Spanos family, is that they always wanted to operate the franchise just like any other part of their business. They wanted it to be a profitable venture. And I mean, that's their right. You know, they, they can do that, but it has consequences and this is one of them.
1: Mm -hmm. Amen. That's a, that's a great, that's a great way to look at the whole motivation piece that goes behind it. And, you know, and look, you're right. The Hunt family just follows passions. And if you're following it as a business, it's going to, it's going to shape the way, you know, decisions you make. You look at every franchise that's moved you know, and you look at what the Browns did and the Colts and the Ravens and the teams that have bopped around and the Raiders, right? Just different different motivations. Um, really, really cool that, you know, you, you kind of drew those parallels yeah. to how the Chiefs organization and, and the Chargers were very similar, air quotes again, in some ways, but also very different in others.
2: Yeah, great great parallels there. Uh- Rafi and Ben talking about how it's more of a passion project or can be for the Hunt family. Uh, Going forward, you know, there's been a lot of rumors. What do you see? You think the Chargers are staying in LA? Do you think there's, there even been rumors about them maybe being able to move back to San Diego? Is there too much bad blood there? Or I mean, is there a whole nother city they'll go to? What, What do you guys, how do you guys see it? Uh, uh, working out I, down the road.
0: I think this is also probably one of the things that has changed, at least my perspective, and, and I don't want to speak for Rafi, but has definitely changed throughout the course. I'd say for myself, I really, before doing any of the research, uh, would thought, you know, there's a definitely a big chance that they could come back to San Diego or, or maybe somewhere else if uh, if there was a, a city that opened for them. But um, you know once i kind of learned more about what their deal is w- with Stan Kroenke and at Sofi Stadium and that they're paying a dollar a season to uh to li- to be there and to get eight games a year in Sofi and um, to split some of those costs or to split some of the the profits and the revenue uh, without having to pay the big costs to build their own stadium uh, unless they get some other city to pay for a stadium on their own it doesn't really make sense for them to move. They're in the biggest medium or one, you know, the second biggest media market in the, in the country, the shiniest DM that everybody wants to go to. And now there's been a season where fans weren't able to go into the stadium, but have kind of been able to see it. So there's a chance that that even creates some more uh, buzz around it. Uh, So really, I don't, I don't think that they'll, they'll other uh, alternatives unless it, something really drastic
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah oh go ahead
1: no i was gonna say doesn't it make you feel good about the nfl though that a team in kansas city or oh i, I'm, I can't believe i'm saying this tampa bay um can compete right green bay green right bay, isn't, it, yeah. isn't it cool that like the nfl is so different than like major league baseball or even to a certain degree basketball where you know these small markets can 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 do well. So it's, it's kind of interesting that motivation to go to LA and to be in LA and you know, one of the largest markets, probably not just the country, but the world. Um, You know, it's again, back to that whole motivation thing in the NFL. So I think it's, it's very interesting to hear you say that, Ben, that, you know, they're, they're excited to be in that large market, but you know, they have to take advantage of it and do something, whether it's getting really top-notch free agents, you know, who want to be in LA um, and want to be around that culture, right? Sort of the the Kobe, Shaq, you know, kind of, you know, uh, that Laker, you know, LA culture, um, they're going to have to take advantage of it, right? And making that move as opposed to well, who wouldn't want to live in sunny and 75 San Diego every day. I know I would, but, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting to hear you say, that. talk about the market and and how that played into it as well.
3: Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of the things that we talk about on the show is what is the importance of, of media markets going forward in the future of, of the NFL and all sports, really? I mean, the NFL, uh, it was just announced a, a, a few weeks ago, sign, has signed this massive TV deal and streaming deal with Amazon that starting in like 2023, they're going to bring in something like $10 billion a year. Um, and that's, you know, going to every franchise, split 32 ways, And like you said, it doesn't matter if you play in Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, or on the moon, you know, you're going to get a slice of that cake. And so uh, it does bring up questions of, you know, well, why did they need to move and and did they need to move in this, that, and the other? And I think that the answer to that question kind of goes into the more specifics of this story and what I was talking about, the uniqueness of it was that the NFL is not used to places saying no to them, you know? And so as the, the, the fight was getting more and more intense, the NFL was giving the Chargers franchise more and more leverage to go back to San Diego. And, you know, kind of the final straw was in 2015, 2016, they said, okay, you know, the Rams are going to move to LA and you guys have a one-year option to move uh, the following year, if you can't get a deal in San Diego, and if you decide to move to LA, you're going to get to go into the stadium, and you're going to pay a, like Ben said, a dollar a year in rent, and you're going to contribute uh, just basically whatever you can sell in personal seat licenses. That is your contribution to the to the stadium. Meanwhile, Stan Kroenke on the hook for five six billion dollars, and so it's it's kind of like you know, well, why did they move, and did they need to move? To, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they probably didn't need to move but they were kind of made an offer that they couldn't refuse. And I think that that goes into the kind of the tragedy of this story is that I think that, you know, for most of this story, people genuinely wanted the Chargers to stay on both sides. And just, it just got to the point where there was just too much leverage, you know?
2: Really interesting stuff. Uh, now moving forward a little bit and just talking to a little bit more on the field here. Um, you no, know, I really think barring, Uh, you know, an Aaron Rodgers move to Denver barring that I really think that the Chargers are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC West. I love Justin Herbert what he's done. I think you guys are due for a year to be healthy. I think a coaching change uh, might help. What what do you guys uh, for the Chiefs fans listening? How do you guys project uh, the Chargers season and how close are they to the Chiefs?
3: They're not as good as the chiefs. I can tell you that much. Uh, and I'm not just playing to the crowd, but I don't, I genuinely think that that's true. I think that they got really lucky in the draft in the sense that uh, in the first two rounds, they had two guys fall to them, Rashawn Slater and Asante Samuel jr. Who probably should have been taken earlier mm-hmm. and they were the obvious pick to take. And so, and they were the, you know, in the biggest need for the, for the team. So I think that that was uh, fantastic. Now, I think one thing I'll say about my Chargers fandom is that it's less emotional and more scientific now. So I hear all of these uh, Aaron Rodgers moving to Denver rumors. And I think if you were to talk to me five years ago, I'd be shaking in my boots. But now I'm kind of like, oh, that would be awesome. That would be so cool. Everyone would watch the AFC West. Everyone would would, would want to watch every week to see what's going on because uh, we're you know Ben and I are, are San Diego Padres fans. And right now, if you're a baseball fan, Padres Dodgers is like, Everyone watches those totally. games. It's like super, it's super intense. And, and by the way, they're in second and third place. The, the Giants are in first place in the NL West right now. And I think having the equivalent for that for the AFC West would be so good for all of these teams. Um, in terms of if I were to make a prediction, uh, I've, I've been a Chargers fan my whole life. So uh, I will say, uh, God, and they're playing, I, I'd say probably 10 and 7.
2: Yeah, I you know for a wild card. <laughs> good call too. With that, that seventeen yes, games—that's yes, hard yes, to remember. I was yes. I was just about to predict nine and seven. I'm still on the six. <laughs> I was going to say
0: nine and seven, but I think they'll win that seventeen. I was games. fully prepared to ask Rafy why he was uh, giving them seventeen games, and then, <laughs> as you said, that I remember that that's a new rule this year. Um, it's, it's really interesting to hear you say that, Rafi, because as somebody who's also been a Chargers fan my whole like I want to be overly optimistic, like I have been in years past. Um, and you have this new quarterback that showed he can be the real deal his first season. And that second season is when you expect them to make a, another leap. And I still feel like they're just going to end the season eight and eight or eight eight nine now that just doesn't feel right it doesn't sound Uh, right you know it yeah one of those like seven to nine wind areas and they're gonna be really good and then not as good later on or maybe they're gonna start slow and then heat up like it just it just feels like been here
2: that just part of again this the way charges fans look at it they've had so many such a uh a a rough go of it, such a bad deal that they kind of just they look at this team and they're like, "Oh man, yeah, we're we'll we'll fall short somehow." Or or do you still see kind of uh, areas of deficiency along
0: the the roster? Well, for for me, one of the coolest things about doing this podcast was really digging deeper into the early Chargers teams that I only heard stories about seventies, eighties, nineties teams that good that have legendary offenses that didn't win super bowls or didn't uh you know hit hit to the championship because they fell short in you know one way or the other um and uh but but they've had consistent you know Dan Fouts Drew Brees Philip Stan Humphreys, Drew Brees Philip Rivers we've there's always been a really good quarterback uh behind center and uh and it's still the case and so i do think that it's part of of that history of look we've you know okay well we learned the lesson that time so we have the same kind of team but we're going to take those lessons that we've learned this time should be different but it's not uh i guess i'm in uh I'll, I'll i'll i can't wait to see it but i'll I'll believe it when i
3: yeah i i would say uh i would ask chiefs fans to hearken back to just uh, immediately before the age of Patrick Mahomes, where you, you know, would consistently make the playoffs and would consistently lose in the, in the first or second round of the playoff, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that feeling of, God, we I know we're good and I know we can get there, but as soon as we get to the playoffs, I just, I just don't think we do that. That's been the, ch- the entire Chargers franchise. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I think, you know, maybe, it, and I think what put it over the top for the Chiefs was having that obviously generational quarterback and a generational coach that, that, you know, could bring it together and the Chargers, while they've always had good quarterbacks, you know, I would say maybe Marty Schottenheimer was the last kind of coach that they had that obviously Chiefs fans would, would be familiar with, uh, that, you know, maybe they could have had that combo and they just had a little bit of bad luck that one year. And if they'd kept that together, maybe it would have worked out. Um, but you know, maybe coach Daly is the one and, and Justin Herbert is the one and they can, they can get it done. But, uh, you know, I I have, uh, you know, 56 going on 57 years of, of chargers, you know, to, uh, to say that, you know, I don't think that that will be the case.
1: Well, it's a couple of pieces, right? Rafi and Ben, it's just a couple of things that they need to put together. Um, and number one, I, you know, the fact that Ben said, uh, you know, the, the teams he'd only heard about were the teams that I played against. So I'm feeling a little old right now. I think my gray hair is, uh, showing a little bit, um, but, um, I, you know, we, we, we were that organization. You're absolutely right. And as, and as a former player, I can tell you, and, and Jeff knows the pains that we had in the 90s, you know, where it was, we were just so close. And it was just one piece here and one piece there. And for us, I think for, for most of the Chiefs tenure, when, when they were kind of wallowing in that sort of, God, this, this team should go further, it always seemed to revolve around the quarterback position. We had some great ones, right? But we always seem to have them at the wrong time. You know, we never had the Patrick Mahomes that the organization was willing to take a winger on and say, okay, if we go like the way that Dallas Cowboys did with Troy Aikman right back in the 90s, like if we go 0-16, so be it. We we are going with Troy Aikman and, and it panned out for them. And I think the Chiefs kind of felt the same way. When I was with the Chiefs in the 90s and, when the, and the Chargers were having also those good seasons too, I mean... AFC championship, you know, playoff wins, you know, solid, you know, showings um, in, 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 during the season, the playoffs um, we, we, it was always for us, it was the quarterback, right. It was Joe Montana at the end of his career. It was Dave Craig at the end of his career, you know, it was all these quarterbacks that were kind of stopped because we had the defense to win a Super Bowl, but we never had, had that offense. And I, I think maybe that's m- maybe what, you know, the chargers are trying to do right now. You know, maybe they're trying to build that offense, you know, around Herbert, Herbert and and so that they can um, you know they can they can build that right and and have that offense that can win and the defense that can win too because that was their problem I go back to actually been really watching those teams in the 70s um, which is scary Um, you know the Dan Fouts they would score 51 points but they would lose 52 to 51 and those were those had to be so frustrating as a Chargers fan you know, to score 50, 49 points and then lose by a point, you know, because your defense couldn't hold one more drive, you know, but yet you had the air Coriel, you know, you know, which ultimately like, you know, led to things like the greatest show on turf for the Rams. I mean, that was the foundation for NFL offenses. And um, that had to be frustrating as a San Diego fan. So I just think they're one, they're just a couple pieces away. I agree with Jeff. I think they're, I think they're a couple of pieces away from really giving the chiefs all they can give, um, next season, um, and and I think it's depending on health and on how that all works out. I think, I think personally, not just because we're playing to the audience and the and that you guys are on the show, but I, I think they're the team that are going to give the Chiefs the most fits.
2: Last thing uh, from you guys, I'm really curious to hear from uh, Ben and, and Rafi before we wrap up here. You know, we talked about the difference between the the very good Chiefs teams and then the Super Bowl Chiefs teams of the last couple of years. Was obviously Mahomes. That's uh, so obvious. But if you, he's the young quarterback you would want, no questions asked, uh, if you had to build a team around. After that, you know, uh, Watson skill-wise, yes, but of course his legal issues, you would probably not want to go there. You don't know. Maybe Trevor Lawrence is a guy. To me, uh, the, the next guy I would take is is Herbert. He looks sensational. We've talked a little bit about how this fan base is, is, uh, is a little bit different. How do they – think that herbert is the guy um are they tell me about how they're viewing him
3: yeah so i i think that the the most important thing to know about justin herbert with the franchise is that it's not just that he's a chargers quarterback it's that he's a los angeles chargers quarterback Mm -hmm. he was drafted by the team after they moved and you know uh Joe, you had, you had brought up Kobe and Shaq and, and you know, all these, uh, all these kind of generational talents that LA has really glommed onto over the years. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a city that's driven by stardom and celebrity. And, you know, I don't know if Herbert is uh, the personality. Um, you know, obviously Mahomes has this great off-field personality, too, and is, is, is super popular. But I think that the the franchise is glomming onto him because he's, he represents the possibility of what they can be in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. Ben, uh, your thoughts on that?
2: And
0: and I'll say, yeah, I'll say that with all of the uh, Facebook groups that I'm a part of, Chargers Facebook groups, or the Twitter accounts that I follow, or yes, the the Chargers fans have gone all in on on Justin Herbert uh, from from you know obviously jersey sales, but does like I the pure amount of of like tweets and, and it's is more than I, I feel like I would see for Philip Rivers or I mean Ladinian Tomlinson kind of had his peak right before the real push of social media, I would say. So would have it might not have had that same uh, emphasis, but it's I I think Justin Herbert is as as much of L A Chargers as, as you can get.
1: Well we're super excited about it because you know, Jeff and I look obviously we love the Chiefs and we we talk a lot about the chiefs and and we always want the best for the chiefs but jeff and i are also football fans and we're yeah. afc west fans and and we love the afc west and and i love when a division has the the things that make it the division to watch right and and we want that so much and we want that for chiefs fans we want that for chargers fans we want it for raiders fans like we want it for everybody cuz it's so much fun when a division is just the division that you want to be a part of unlike the nfc least that's a struggle too when 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 the division's not that good um and and i said so we're pulling we're pulling for all the afc west to challenge and and to be you know to be something that everybody wants to tune in and make all those national games you know all those afc games make them all national Um, that's what we're striving for so thank you guys for being on this was fantastic and your podcast is fantastic Chiefs fans, Raiders fans, Eagles, everybody should listen to it because it's a it's a football story and it's uh, really really well done, guys. So yeah, thanks thank for, for sharing. Thank you that.
3: for having us on. We really appreciate it. It was it was it was a blast. It was great to talk about the past, present, and we'll see about the future.
2: Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. And be sure to check out Bolted, the six-part docuseries. They interviewed dozens of former players, staff, politicians, reporters, and thank academics. Thank you
0: guys about very
2: much. Charges, big move. And also, be sure to uh, continue to listen to our show uh, presented by Bet Online. Please subscribe to, and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform.